0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Nothing to Hide. My name is Kevin. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the lessons I've learned from Jack Kornfield and his podcast, Heart Wisdom. So let's jump right in. So Jack Kornfield shares a story where in which he had an opportunity to sit and listen to uh, the great Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. And Thich Nhat Hanh was kind of going on and on about you know when you're sitting and practicing meditation uh you should have a half smile on your face and talking about how you should approach challenges with a smile and and uh and be happy jack cornfield he says come on don't you have anything deeper than that and Thich Nhat Hanh replied i've seen so much suffering i have to teach joy and uh, that really that really resonated with me because obviously, uh, with the current situation and the shutdown, um, I've been removing myself from a lot of social activity. Um, I'm spending a lot of time within um, within the people in my bubble, um, namely my grandmother, my dad, uh, my mom. And you know, a few years ago, if this had happened, I would definitely be going crazy. Um, God knows I'm, I may have even been a, an anti-masker just so that I could quote unquote, reclaim my freedom, but I don't know if perhaps it's a sign of maturity, but these days I have no problem staying home. The person I was, or perhaps the person I still am known as an extrovert am really embracing. Uh, Being an introvert and it's okay. It's definitely the lessons I've learned from The books that I'm reading and the influences that I have from Buddhism. I'm reading a book on uh, Koans and it's just so It's so fulfilling the little that I'm doing. I'm gaining so much from versus being out being social interacting Perhaps I did so much of that my entire life that it's all come to this point where it was preparing me for this moment to learn how to just be, just be, essentially. Um, I know I mentioned on previous podcasts about how the feeling of loneliness is no longer. It's not overwhelming me. As it once used to. I have no explanation as to why that is. Which reminds me an update with regards to the, the dating apps and the dating situation. I connected with one person uh, on Hinge. Her name is Madison. I connected with a few others but um, it didn't turn out that we were a good match. Uh, those two others I believe were on Bumble. But uh, I connected with I connected with someone on Hinge. Again, her name is Madison. The conversation was was kind of dry. So I liked one of her photos. Hinge is an app where you have the ability to communicate, you get more information than just a picture. They do a good job in um displaying a small little bits of information about what the person likes you know things like that So you could also reply to those uh, To those comments to that information versus just liking a photo, but in this case. I just liked her photo and Madison invited me to start a chat But um, and and based on her photo um, and because I'm studying uh, Spanish, and perhaps this is where I shot myself in the foot, but I said, This might be a stretch, but, ¿hablas español? <laughs> and she goes, No, I'm not Mexican, sorry. And then I explained, Oh, I'm teaching myself Spanish, so I tried. How are you doing so far? Are you ready for the second wave? And she goes, Hi, Kevin. No, I'm not. Are you? Um, Yeah, I was trying to learn Spanish for a while myself. LOL. Uh, No, I'm sick of COVID ruined 2020. And then um, I said something about, um, you know, how our ancestors, we've, we've lived through some drastic natural disasters. You know, we're, we're going to get through this. I'm hopeful. And uh, I asked if she was looking forward to anything, and she said she was looking forward to travel reopening soon. Um, And that was the end of that. (laughs) I recently connected with someone, Anna, and um, we had a pretty lengthy conversation uh, late last night, or rather early this morning. And we were just talking about hiking and things like that. We were both into into doing some long hikes, uh, in and around the city. That seems a little bit more promising. It's online dating. There's a movie that's been released on Netflix recently called Love Guaranteed. I do not recommend it. Um, it made me cringe at every, like every interval of the movie. But they do a good job in identifying how awkward. How strange online dating is and and perhaps that's simply because um, one of the main characters uh, not to spoil the movie she never did online dating like myself and so her first uh, experience um, being on the online dating apps was very similar to my experience how I haven't experienced any catfishing and I haven't gone on any dates, so I can't speak to that. Although I'm sure that will be the same. But, yeah, she she gets all of that. And it's really funny. I do not recommend the movie, though. Anyways, um, so back to Jack Cornfield and his many wonderful and beautiful lessons. He had the opportunity to have some lessons from some of the great Zen buddhist teachers masters and they were having a lesson on koans and what would what would happen is is the zen master would be um, sitting and invite each of the students including jack cornfield and he would present them with a koan for those of you that are not familiar with koans koans are like like uh, almost like um, theoretical questions that almost don't have, they don't have an obvious answer. For example, um, one koan would be, if you clap with one hand, does it make a sound? If you were to uh, dive into the sea and retrieve a pearl, could you do that without getting wet? So there are these almost like rhetorical questions, but they do have, um, answers to them per se and meaning, um, typically you're not supposed to disclose the answer meanings to koans if you do discover one, because it's, it's the journey in discovering the koan that is also often, um, quite, um, profound. Anyway, so, Jack kwan, uh, Jack Kornfield has a koan and uh, he's invited to go up to the master and he he, he shares what his koan is and the master says okay now uh, tell me what what it means and Jack Kornfield will say oh well he he would he would go into something quite deep and meaningful he would say well it is a reflection of duality how we are not our bodies and we are not our minds. And yet we're still experiencing this reality. And this Zen master would just simply shake his head. No, 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 no. And he would um, ring his bell and say, no, no, that's not that's not it. Go back and go back and study more. And Jack Cornfield will go back to his place and sit down and, and meditate on the koan and, you know, so on and so forth. Then he would be invited back up, Jack Corfield would go up and he doesn't really have anything different to say so he just kind of makes something up and he says, well, uh, the koan, uh, whatever the koan was, he doesn't even remember, um, the meaning behind the koan is for us to understand that, um, that life is, is fragile and we shouldn't take it too seriously. And the Zen master, uh, just so unrelentless would just shake his head. He's like, you're a teacher. How could you be a teacher? No, 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 no. He rings his bell, tells him to, to go back and, and meditate again. Uh, quite discouraging from Jack Cornfield's perspective, Jack Cornfield's now sitting and meditating. And now he's starting to get pissed <laughs> he's, he's starting to get angry. And he goes, and he's thinking to himself, there's, I have no idea what the meaning of this koan is and he goes I'm going to I'm going to tell this Zen master and so the Zen master calls Jack Cornfield up again and tells him to explain or yeah explain the meaning of the koan and Jack Cornfield goes fuck you I don't know this is his, his, the, the Zen master let's say Zen Roshi fuck you Zen master Roshi Fuck your koan. I don't give a fuck. And Zen Master Roshi is sitting there. And, and Jack Cornfield just begins to walk away. And uh, as he's going back to sit down, he, he'll, he hears the Zen Master ring the bell again. Goes, mm, no, wrong. <laughs> and Jack Cornfield goes back to meditating. It's so fascinating that even someone who is so wise. I I think Jack is in his 70s. I think he's 75 and has taught so many lessons um, through his uh, Buddhist teachings and yet he is still vulnerable to experiencing all these emotions. Anyways <clears throat> Excuse me. So there, it's at the end of this uh, retreat and they're all sitting together and uh, the audience, all the participants has an opportunity to ask a question. And Jack Cornfield stands up and asks uh, the Zen master, could you please give us the answer to simply just one koan so that we may all um, depart from this beautiful retreat um, with this lesson. And as mentioned before, it's not common to reveal an answer to a koan, but the Zen master agreed that he would. And there's this um, saucer like cup that you drink tea from and the design of this cup has a spiral kind of like leading in. From the inside and the spiral on the outside of the cup from what I understand as explained by Jack Corfield, that spirals out of the cup and the Zen master goes on to say he was given this cup and asked um, what the meaning is of the spirals whether the spirals are going in or the spirals are going out and um, and he he kind of waited patiently to let that koan kind of sit in with all the participants to perhaps see if they may be able to uncover the meaning behind uh the spirals whether the spirals are all spiraling in or spiraling out and um he waited and asked if anyone knew and some people took a stab at it and and they were they were close but not really and so um, the Zen master, he held up uh, the, the cup and with his arms uh, spread out, he just began to kind of turn in a circle while kind of bringing his arms in. And then he would stop and turn the other way and begin to bring his arms out. Kind of like a spiral effect, if you will. And he went on to explain that when he did that, it's, it's kind of the, the conversation of um, object and subject, how um, we are all the cup and information is bombarding us and we're, we're like antennas and we're just receiving. And yet at the same time, we have a response or a reaction. So we're also spiraling out by emitting our own information, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, a theme similar to duality. But I found that that was that was very interesting. It's almost like a very specific um, answer to that koan. And so, um, yeah, we're we're reminded that we experience challenges hindrances, we experience roadblocks, and sometimes we have the information readily available to tackle that information, to tackle that challenge, to tackle that hindrance, you know, to get through that roadblock. And other times we're kind of stuck. We don't have a response. We don't have a reaction. And both instances <clears throat> are different good to have. They're good to have because sometimes it's simply timing that you need and oftentimes we don't have the luxury of controlling that. Um, I watched uh, a YouTube video yesterday. It was a TED talk from a Shaolin monk and he talked about um, in Buddhism the theme or the idea of climbing to the top of a mountain and he does an incredible job in explaining the five hindrances. So these are the challenges you could experience while climbing up a mountain. Sensual desire. So he uses this example of climbing up the mountain and you walk a mile and you see a restaurant. Sensual desire are hindrances related to our five senses. You smell really good food emanating from the restaurant. You see the restaurant. Um, You hear people in the restaurant having a good time and of course if you know you go and sit down and eat you'll taste the food. So we had seeing, hearing, smelling, and um, you could feel the warmth from the restaurant being inside. He goes on to say, if you decide to stop off at that restaurant, you may never leave on your journey to the top of the mountain. The second hindrance is ill will or aversion. This can be related to mental fatigue. So the second hindrance, ill will, He uses the example or version is you're climbing up the mountain and it starts to rain and you don't like to get wet. You need to cross uh, a stream of water but you don't know how to swim. So the third hindrance is dullness or heaviness Uh, this um, Shaolin monk explains that it's often characterized as uh, sleepiness in Buddhism and it's often where you're trapped or you're, he uses the example, imprisoned in in a cell. You don't have the mental or physical ability to make a decision and often the only way is to get out and that's dullness or heaviness. So the fourth hindrance is restlessness. It's explained in a way where your mind is unable to settle. And settle down where? Settle down in the present moment. Your mind is uh, enraptured so much in the future and the concerns. Or it's stuck in the past constantly in reflection, regret or judging and this uh, master Shi Heng Yi he goes on to explain that it's very similar to um, the analogy of the monkey mind where the monkey simply jumps from one branch to the other unable to settle down and that could also prevent you from being able to climb up to the top of the mountain. The final hindrance is skeptical doubt. This hindrance, having constant questions, the the what-ifs, limiting yourself from from continuing because of the what-ifs. The solution to many of these hindrances is using the the word RAIN as an acronym i find it's also similar to navy seals acronyms i think it's um i think one of them is uh data data analyze decide and then action and i know there's a another acronym that's that sounds cooler than data but this one is RAIN so he goes when you catch yourself in one of these hindrances. Just let it rain. And the first one is recognize. So it's almost like identify what the hindrance itself is. Figure out what's, what's preventing you from continuing on your journey. The second one is to accept. So not to, not to avoid it, not to put it on the side, not to skip it is to, acknowledge it, to understand it, recognize it or rather accept it. The second one is investigate. So what is the source of the hindrance, right? Where is it coming from? Can you stop it? Can you, how do you, how do you tackle this hindrance, this obstacle, this challenge? And the last one is non-identify, not non identify, as in understand that perhaps the hindrance is causing some suffering, that you are not your body. You are not your mind and you are not your emotions. So non-identification with the, the challenge that you're experiencing. I'm going to end the podcast there. I'll add a link to the Ted talk by, uh, Master Shi Hang Yi, and I hope you're all staying safe, I hope you're all taking care of one another, and I hope you're taking care of yourself. Thanks so much for listening.